0: Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh day Adventists and aired right here on NCUFM. It is your education and, of course, your wellness station, and we have so much in store for you this week. So I invite you to stay tuned. I'm your host, Adise Jonas Murphy. Thank you for keeping it locked to Healthy and Happy right here on NCUFM. It's 91.1, 91.3, and of course, 91.5 only on your FM dial. The program, again, is Healthy and Happy. And of course, it's sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Now, I'm so excited. I am so delighted when I get to welcome a doctor to studio. And joining me online once more for the third time in three weeks is Dr. Larenia Muir-Green. She is a dermatologist, and we're focusing on a three-part series. This is actually the third in a three-part series dealing with issues of the skin. Now, if you joined us two weeks ago, you would have heard us focusing on eczema. Last week, it was all about hair loss. And this week, we're going to be focusing on another intriguing topic. Can you guess what it is, listeners? I'll give you about three seconds. Um, two, three. Uh, well, some of you may have guessed it it is skin in infections, skin infections. Now, for those of you who uh, would have been tuned in over this period of time, the last two weeks, you would have learned quite a bit about the skin from Dr. Muir Green. You would have learned that the skin is the largest organ of the body. You would have learned that the skin protects us from microbes and the elements and helps to regulate body temperature. You would have learned that the hair and nails are extension of the skin. Now, today, we're going to be focusing on skin infections.
1: Doc, I'm so, happy to welcome you back to the studio. Welcome. How are you doing? Good evening. Thank you for having me one more time. I really appreciate this. Not a problem at all.
0: We've been focusing on the skin. In the overview, I mentioned some things that we've learned. I really didn't know before this interview that the hair and nails are extension of the skin. I had no clue. When you said it the first time, it blew my mind. And then I started to say, "But you know, for real, it makes sense. It makes sense. So sometimes there are things that We take for granted as it relates to the largest organ of our bodies. Could you just kind of give a quick recap of what we did over the last two weeks? You know, we focused on eczema. We also focused on hair loss. What are some high points, some takeaways that you'd want to remind our listeners
1: about? Atopic eczema is the skin manifestation of asthma. And as such, the same triggers for asthma will trigger flare-ups in the eczema. And therefore, what persons need to be recognized is that dust, dust mites, your pollen, your animal hair, your grass, and scented items will trigger flare ups in these patients. And the best thing to safeguard is to protect them from all of these things, along with moisturizing as much as possible. With respect to hair loss, I would want everybody to remember that gentle care of your hair is indeed paramount for retaining your hair. There are several types of hair loss. Some of them can cause permanent hair loss, meaning that the hair will never grow back. Those tend to be aggravated by the kind of hairstyling that we do. So it's best to reduce how often you do traction hairstyles, such as a cane row and you your wig and your weave and try to you know give breather times between or downtime between like an installation of a wig or a weave and also just treat your hair gently.
0: Powerful reminders there thanks so much doc. Now this week it's all about skin infections and of course we have to start by defining um, what what a skin infection is. I could kind of guess the infection part but I want you to Put it together for me. Go ahead.
1: The skin can get infections from various organisms, namely bacterial, fungal, and viral. Those are the main ones that we look at in most persons. There are other skin infestations, such as parasites or mite infestations that we see, right? One of the mite infestations that we're having right now, I'm seeing a flare or or uptick of scabies, which is a mite. It's not an actual insect, but when I explain it to people, I just want to make them know that it's a really tiny mite that if you come in contact with somebody who has it, meaning close contact with somebody who has it, you can contract it from them. And it's not just a one touch. It has to be continuous interaction with this person and close interaction with this person. And so that's how people will get it. Most times it's usually brought in by children in the household and what tends to happen is that the mite actually multiplies more at night. And so you get a lot of itching, especially at nighttime, and you get these bumps and you can get these burrows into the skin and they kind of show up on the skin itself. And the bumps kind of tend to come up in between the fingers, in between the toes, the belly button, the armpits, around the bottom, sometimes on manual, you will sit on the penis and on the scrotum. As such, this is a very highly itchy condition. A lot of people complain about it. And now that I'm seeing an uptick, I really want to let people know that if you're having these symptoms, you actually need to go and get treated for it. They usually sell the treatment over the counter and everybody needs to be treated, including those who are not scratching, because just like COVID, you have Mm -hmm. asymptomatic carriers. And the asymptomatic people are the ones that spread it even more. So that's when we have like a real outbreak in a region. Like I'm seeing one right now in the Western Uh region. It's this asymptomatic ones that are spreading it everywhere.
0: Just for my clarity, a couple of things I'm gathering from what you're saying. Scabies is an actual mite. So this is something that's, this is an organism that's living, that's in the skin. We know that there are three layers of the skin. Is it that this form, this is on the outer part of the skin? Or it actually protrudes
1: the skin to the dermis, or can it? even... No, it's down? on the out, mainly in the outer part. Well, it kind of burrows into the skin from the surface, goes deeper down.
0: So the medication that one would take, it would literally kill the mites. Yes, Is it, it will? Plastic? Okay.
1: You wow. actually use antiseptic stuff, including permethrin the ascabial which is benzoyl mm-hmm. benzoate and some people use sulfur we sometimes formulate it with a topical sulfur especially for babies mm-hmm. and persons will have to be treated all at the same time otherwise what will happen is that you get treatment and
0: you're, you're right. good to go
1: and then the other person who has it and doesn't really know that they have it And we'll pass it back to you and everybody just keep passing it back in the same household.
0: I wanted to know what's the risk of reinfection or can an individual who has it be reinfected? But you just answered that. Where does this parasite come from?
1: Okay, so mange is called Sarcoptis scabii, which is the name of the mite itself. And var hominis, this is a variety that actually goes into humans. Ones for animals have, are named according to the species that affect that particular animal. So mm-hmm. mange, which you see in dogs and sometimes some other animals, is actually the scabies in that animal. But we tend not to um actually contract it from animals, although there are persons who have claimed that they've contracted it from a dog that had mange. But that's another story altogether. Right, they just exist, and we are the actual host for that mite.
0: You know, Doc. I know that we have zoomed into one. <laughs> one one of the infections, and there's so much more to talk about. Actually, I was here thinking to myself, based on all we have to accomplish this evening, this sounds like mm-hmm. many another part. But let's see how it goes. You've defined skin infection. Let's look mm-hmm. at the types of skin infections. You mentioned bacterial, viral, and was it fungal?
1: Yes, the typical fungal infection, or what about it called joe is basically your ringworm. The deep ones are the ones that we usually see in farmers they're doing their farming and they got stuck like 10 years ago, they will present 10 years later with a big lump on their skin. And it's from something that happened many, many years ago. The typical superficial fungal infections, like your ringworm, like your nail fungus, those things you typically see the changes within a few days, a few weeks. And you typically pick up those from, you know, using somebody's coming in contact with somebody else who has it or you can get it on your feet from like doing swimming or something like that and somebody has the spores are being shed from the person's feet onto the ground and you walk on the same area you can contract it that way. Those things tend to overgrow especially in our climate because it's hot and humid and fungus love those kind of things to overgrow and cause all sorts of problems. Now, those are fungal infections from things that are in the environment really and truly. Now, there are actually fungi and mainly yeast that live on our own skin itself. And one of the most common ones is the that causes liver spots it's called malassezia like 44 in its active form what happens it lives on the skin you cannot get rid of it just like how we are on the planet mm-hmm. stuff live on us and they have a purpose but when they overgrow they cause all sort of problems so liver right. spots is actually the overgrowth of this yeast on our skin and it can deposit some dark spots Dark pigment into the skin causing dark spots, or an right. acid into the skin causing light spots. And it, that's why it looks different in different people. But mm-hmm. what we usually do is give people antifungal treatment and it goes away. And we will give them more because we know it's going to come back eventually. And why some people get it more than others, we don't know. With respect to persons who work a lot in the you know, who are always washing their hands, they're more prone to the nail fungus, especially when they lose the cuticle. The cuticle Mm -hmm. protects the nail matrix from where the nail grows from, from all the yeast and whatever else that lives on the skin from going underneath there. The cuticle is is that it's that little white piece of skin at the beginning of the nail. Okay, got you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is what the nail text usually remove when they're trying to, when they go and get a manicure or a pedicure, but it actually is a seal, so it prevents anything from going into the nail matrix, which is actually what we call the quit of the finger. Mm-hmm. So basically, when the water goes in those areas, it causes a lot of problems, and the nail starts to get changed. You get this, you know, very discolored nails and all of that stuff, and can get tenderness around the actual nail itself. And this is how you get Whitlow finger. So that's mm-hmm. one cause of Whitlow finger, which is the fungal. It can get herpetic Whitlow finger from herpes, especially for persons who suck their thumb and they have night fever on their lips or cold sores on their lips. They can get a herpetic Whitlow.
0: Question Doc, Before you go yes. on, um, some of mm-hmm. these examples of fungal infections that you've mentioned, you mentioned the, the ringworm, and you know you can get it by coming yeah. in contact with someone who has it. But let's say let's mm-hmm. say liver spots. I mean, can liver spots is
1: thing? not contagious. It's not contagious. It's um, A lot of people think it's because you're dirty. Nothing to do with that. The thing lives on his skin. You can't get rid of it. You can't pass it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But though okay. the ringworm, though, that you can pass it on to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually mm-hmm. looking online and I'm seeing some examples of, of what you're you're speaking about. Fungal skin mm-hmm. infection. Ringworm, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Athlete foot. That's another one. Uh, right.
1: Right. So yeast infection, remember, you know, you have this yeast. You have several different types of yeast living on our our bodies, inside and outside of our bodies. Well, yeast lives on our skin. This particular candida albicans that lives on our skin, it can overgrow if you have a lot of sweats. So a lot of persons who are overweight or obese and they sweat a lot in the folds of the skin, they can get yeast overgrowth in those areas underneath the breast, in the groin, those mm. areas, and they can get sweating there and you cause the overgrowth of the yeast and they get the yeast infection. Sporotrichosis, what's that all about? That one is one of the deep fungal infections, and due to a fungus that lives in the garden, like in the soil. And you have to get stuck by something in the soil, and that is gets introduced into your skin. I've seen it a lot in people who do gardening or farming. Okay. And very rare. It's not that common. It's very mm-hmm. rare.
0: So we've looked at some examples of fungal uh, skin infections. Let's switch over now right. to viral skin infections. Uh, many persons may be able to relate to this, you know, like those who've gotten chicken pox, raise your hands right now. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of them.
1: <laughs> but you can walk us right. through some of the common ones though. Go ahead. Right. So the most common things now, I mean, you're not seen as much. Chickenpox, no, because a lot of people are getting chickenpox vaccinations. But um, the, one of the most common things that people talk of viral infections that they get is a herpes virus. Now, the herpes virus, you have the main ones, the herpes virus one and virus, um, herpes two. Almost two thirds of the world has it and half don't know they have it. It's that common. And herpes type two, the one that is more sexually transmitted, between 30% and 50% of the world have it. And half don't know that they have it. Mm. Why a lot of people don't know they have it is because your immune system is strong enough to suppress it. The herpes type one, how you usually get it is actually from your parents or some, you know, relative that kiss you as a baby. And that's how most people get them. So this is what people call night fever on the lips or cold sores or fever, um, fever, fever blister on the lips. Right. You've Um, just cleared
0: up a lot for me because I've, I've often heard the, Mm-hmm. the reference to night fever being herpes and i'm saying mm-hmm. that you
1: know my knowledge of herpes is not that it is mm-hmm. like that <laughs> but yeah. uh we um, cleared it up so it's actually quite common it's way more common than people think and when people come in they're all distressed and i'm having to explain to them that no it's just that a lot of people have it and don't know and you can shed the virus without actually actually having the symptoms of it which is you know most people will say that when it's coming on They get pain or itching in the area. And then after a while, they will see these blisters come up on the, you know, these pus bumps or these water bumps um, come up in the area. And then Mm -hmm. it lasts about about a week and it goes away. Most persons may have maybe one flare up once a year or what have you. While Mm -hmm. those who get it very often and some women tend to get it around, they're stressed out or Mm -hmm. if you are in the sun a lot or a lot of women get it around their periods And if that Mm -hmm. happens, you know, more than six times for the year, then we usually put people on suppression therapy for a year. And then it usually tends not to come up anymore after that. But it is rather common. It is very common. And also children sharing stuff between each other you know you know you have a kiss going and you share it with somebody else that's how a lot of kids get um the type one
0: all right well if you are just tuning into ncufm you're tuned into the program healthy and happy it is sponsored by the east jamaica conference of seventh day adventists and aired right here on this year education and wellness station on the 91 band yes i'm having a discussion with dr lorenia muir green dermatologist and we're talking skin infections today it's the third in a three-part Series relating to issues of the skin. Now, we're talking about three main kinds of skin infections or types of skin infections. Right now, we are focusing on viral skin infections. We looked at the fungal a little bit earlier, and we're going to be going to bacterial shortly. But, Doc, as we, we're we talking, you know, viral skin infections, shingles, it's a variant of the chickenpox
1: virus. Talk to us a little bit right. about shingles. So, chickenpox is, you have actually, it's eight types of herpes viruses. Chickenpox is one of them. You are kidding um, me. I believe chickenpox is herpes um, six. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm just gonna close my mouth in awe. (laughs) And when you get chickenpox, the virus actually goes into one particular nerve and stays dormant for like decades. And then usually when you're in your 60s and 70s, your immune system kind of gets weak again, and it flares up back as shingles, and it's very painful. People will say you have this severe pain or itching in the area, and then Mm -hmm. it just suddenly have this eruption of blisters and vesicles, blisters and boils in that area, and that can last up to a week or two. And we usually give you very high dose antiviral medication to get rid of it. Nowadays, they have a vaccine to prevent the formation of or the eruption of shingles if you've had chickenpox as a child. Because Mm -hmm. some persons, you can actually have a severe type of pain problem afterwards, what we call post-herpetic neuralgia where you get this pain in the air for years afterwards and you have to be taking these nerve pain medication for a very long time. So that's why a lot of persons now recommend people getting the shingles vaccine later on in life. Another common viral infection that people hear about is the HPV virus, human papillomavirus, which is the one that causes warts. Everybody called call the, the things on their faces those dark Little bumps on their faces. Warts. Those are not warts. That's a whole another story altogether. Oh but wow. um, those are not contagious. Those are actually just growths, and you get them as you get older, and they're actually inherited. True warts are actually infectious, and the human papilloma virus. There are over hundred types. And each type is specific to a particular area of the body. So the one on the hands is different. The ones that usually affect the hands are usually different from the ones on the feet, different Mm -hmm. from the ones that um, come up in the throat, different, different areas of blows on the mouth, et cetera, et cetera. And they can be very annoying, especially because this come up a lot in children. The ones on the hands, I get a lot of kids with them and we usually remove them, usually with the wart removers that you get over the counter or We use other medication like Aldara, which kind of boosts the immune system of the skin to get rid of it. And basically that's what it is. Now the whole thing about the vaccine and all of that stuff, the vaccine has been around for 30 years and there are several different ones. They actually have those that are, the variants for specifically sexually transmitted and non-sexually transmitted ones in there. And the cost cover for, like say if they have nine, the cost will cover for even nine more. And all the countries that have implemented those have seen a reduction in cervical cancer, penile one. cancer, all sorts of cancers mm-hmm. related to the human papillomavirus. With respect to other viral infections, um, another one that we usually see is called molluscum contagiosum. Is a very fancy, fancy word, but we see it a lot in children who do a lot of swimming. It's a specific king colored bump. When you squeeze it, they get all this very cheesy looking thing. Um, okay. It's not highly contagious. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of persons they can touch the person they don't catch it from them mm-hmm. but it tends to be seen in a lot of kids who swim
0: all right yeah. well um yeah no this is a topic uh, half an hour is not sufficient for it at all <laughs> but uh, let's see how much we can cover under bacterial skin infections now i you know i read a lot in the bible and quite a mm-hmm. quite a lot of folk were affected by leprosy mm-hmm. Leprosy. I i just right. say the old time disease, you know, some bumps right. come up on somebody and that's it. I, I had no clue it was mm-hmm. a bacterial skin infection. So that's among
1: others. Right. That's awesome. So leprosy is still here. We have quite a few patients. It's not that common in Jamaica because they actually have to have the genetic predisposition to actually catch it. And most persons immune systems are strong enough to fight off the, um, the leprosy bacteria. But it's more common in Indians in general. So India and Trinidad and in the Caribbean, Trinidad and Ghana has a lot, way more leprosy than we do. And like I said, it's not that contagious. You actually have to be in contact, close contact with a person, like a family member for a very long time before you actually start to show it. And it's specific skin changes that you will see. And most persons will say that they may have a little patch on the skin. A light, like the skin color changes, and in that area, they don't actually feel anything. So, if I were to stick like a needle on it, they wouldn't feel anything in that area. And that is one of the ways to tell that, yeah, this person might actually have leprosy. And what we do is when they get confirmed that they do it, we do a special skin test to confirm that they actually have it. We give them a two-year treatment protocol, so they get their medication every month, and they take it for two years straight, and they're cured of the disease. The longer that they take to get any treatment, is the more complications that they get with the losing their fingers. They get amputate, self amputation, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff happening if they do not get treatment in a suitable time.
0: So, generally, doc, if I were to ask you the symptoms of skin infections is is there a way to group the generic symptoms to express to us so for example i notice changes on my skin You know, uh, and these are changes that would warrant me, of course, becoming suspicious. You know, something Mm -hmm. seems awfully wrong. Um, I I know I'm going to be heading to a doctor, but are there some signs and symptoms that I should look for that would allow me to perhaps, well, I'm not going to self diagnose, but Mm -hmm. you know, just any other disease or any other condition I'm able to say, well, it looks like it may be this, and I may seek the relevant treatment based on what I'm feeling.
1: The most common thing is that for. Bacterial infections, especially, is that you get a lot of tenderness or itching in the area that is affected. One of the most common bacterial infections that we see is the staphylococcus infection of the skin called impetigo. A lot of people with children who have like, you know, what they call fasci-fassy skin, where nice. the um They get insect bites and they're allergic to the bites. And as they're scratching away, scratching away. And Uh because of the bacteria that lives on the skin, getting into the cuts and Mm -hmm. overgrowing in the cuts, and then they get all of these um, pus bumps forming. And those pus bumps are actually quite infectious. So other people can get infected from those. But usually with skin infections like those, they actually come on quite rapidly um, mm-hmm. You know, they said, you know, I had one today and then I've, in a few days I have way more. The number has increased significantly. They can get a lot of oozing, especially the bacterial ones. They mm-hmm. get a lot of oozing of the skin and it's very itchy and sometimes quite tender. While with fungal infections, it's more, you get more dry, scale is looking skin that, and it's usually not a, all over the body is more like with ringworm It's just like one spot right Mm -hmm. and while with viral infections those tend to come up with um usually in one spot and they're quite tender and itchy while with warts you usually know that they're warts because they kind of look kind of funny shape these little bumps Mm -hmm. that are you know kind of They have a little, we call them warty medicine, but it's really, I don't know how to best to describe them. This little shaggy coating on the top of them or something like that, I would would best describe it.
0: Right. Is there a way to prevent these infections? I mean, I know it sounds like a tall order asking that question after all you have said, but are there generic guidelines that you could give to our listening audience as it relates to preventative steps they can take uh, to not contract some of these infections?
1: Well, the best thing is actually these are most of these infections are from public health. And what we're doing with COVID is the same thing, wash your hands as often as you possibly can. Mainly those are the main things that I could say. Right now, if you know that um, like one of the relatives have chickenpox or whatever, you stay away from the person. If the person has the night fever on the lips, don't be kissing no babies with the night fever on the lips. Simple things like that. It's just staying away from people. If they have scabies, try to get treatment as quickly as possible for everybody and you should be OK. It's just mainly main public health kind of thing, where if you have leprosy or something like that, try to get treatment as soon as possible. Those are the main things. It's just to prevent it from spreading to other persons, try to get it treated as quickly as possible. Dr. Lorenia
0: Muir-Green, I could sit and listen to you talk all evening about skin infections, but (laughs) I I know we are bound by time. I want to thank you so very much for sharing your time with us right here on Healthy and Happy. I know I benefited greatly. Yeah, I learned a whole lot of stuff. I mean, like, like seriously, chicken boxes, herpes. I didn't know that. I didn't know. But I, you know, <laughs> Knowledge true. is, of course, power. Thank you so much, Doc. And of course, you have been inducted into the fraternity of, um, you know, doctors right here on Healthy and Happy. So we're going to be joining you again in the future. Thanks for your time. Thanks again for having me. No problem at all. And to you, our listening audience, we want to say thank you as well for keeping it locked to NCU 91.13 and 5. Only on your FM dial, the program once again, Healthy and Happy, sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm your host, at East Jonas Murphy, and I want to encourage you to join us next week where we begin another intriguing, yes, series. This time, we're going to be focusing on issues of can you guess? No, I'm I'm just so gonna let you just tune in next week and find out what it is. So um, you have to join us next time. Thanks so much for keeping it locked. Brandon Daly. Thank you, sir, for your engineering expertise. God bless you. And until next time, God's richest blessings.
1: The of the Lord
0: are perfect. Reviving the soul, reviving the soul, reviving the soul. They are, they, are, they, are, they are more precious than gold, sweeter than the honey.
1: They are more precious
0: than gold. They make wise the simple, they give joy to the heart. All together They bring great reward. great reward The loss Of the Lord are perfect Reviving the, Reviving the soul Reviving
1: the soul Reviving the soul May the So reviving the soul, reviving the soul. They are, they
0: are, they they are, are more precious, precious than gold, sweeter than the honey. They are more precious than the gold. They are more precious than, than gold. They are, they are, they are more precious
1: Precious than gold